This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. And we've got an update here, Jim. Just talking about this headline. Bucks fan who gave Brady half a million dollars, 600th TD ball, was given $1,000 to the team store. On the weekend, Brady reached that milestone, and a fan, Byron Kennedy, was in the stands. Mike Evans, who caught the touchdown pass, didn't realize the significance of the ball, gave it away to a fan. <laughs> Trainer came over and said, we need that ball back. We'll give you 1000 bucks to spend at the team store. <laughs> he said, sure, he gave the ball back, not realizing that it was worth five hundred dollars to $750,000 U.S. Man, that's right now. Um, we, we did mention that he would be getting some other stuff now that the story's out there and people saying kind of kind of a dirty move, Buccaneers, to get that ball back. But uh, we've got an update here from one of our listeners. How's it going? Good. I just listened to Tom Brady there about Buccaneers. He, uh, I was listening to social media last night. He's actually going to receive a signed jersey from Tom, a signed helmet from Tom. Like Evans tweets that he wore in the game, and Tom Brady was saying last night that he's going to give him one Bitcoin, too. So that guy is laughing. He's giving him a Bitcoin? Yeah, yeah. Tom was saying last night on social media, on Instagram, Tom was going to give him one Bitcoin, too. So the guy's going to be pretty much set for life now. Wow. Tom was on there after the game, and he was saying how he's going to get this guy all this stuff. No, that's awesome. Yeah, he's, uh, he's going to make out like a bandit, man. I think I found it here. This is uh, NFL on Twitter. Brady talking to Eli and Peyton Manning during the Monday night game last night. Let's listen to this. Is it in, Can- is it in Canton? Is, it in- is the ball in Canton or have you made it into an NFT? Talk about what, what the ball is. <laughs> it's it's shortly an NFT. You can autograph autograph.io. You go there to bid on it. Uh, there's a lot of great things, auction items, memorabilia. And there's my boy, Tim. Negotiating with Byron, who gave to me, Byron realized he lost all of his leverage once he gave the ball away. He should have held it <laughs> yeah. and then just get as much leverage as Amateur possible. Amateur move. Yeah. Yeah. So, if he would have held it, he would have been sitting in the Tom Brady suite for the rest of the season, but uh, <laughs> amateur move on his part. Hey, it, I think it worked out pretty well. It just showed kind of what he got right there from it, but I'm also giving him a Bitcoin, which, I mean, that's pretty cool too, so. <laughs> yeah, what's a Bitcoin worth now, Jim? Like 80 grand or so? 80 grand Canadian, yeah, approximately. Yeah. Like 77, I think, is the price. Not quite set for life, like our caller said, but definitely <laughs> off on the right path. <laughs> Good head start. They're throwing in season tickets as well. Like I said, cool. you got to give the guy season tickets for the rest of the season at least. By the way, if Peyton Manning and Tom Brady are saying you lost your leverage when you gave the ball back, Never give the ball back from now on. If the, if these guys with the most respect for the game, some of the goats, say don't give it back, don't give it back. Yeah, you heard it from, from the players. Mm-hmm. You do not give that ball back until you know exactly what you have. How much Dogecoin you got, <laughs> Buccaneers? <laughs> Your crypto wallet's going to be <laughs> overflowing. Yesterday, we, we were talking about embarrassing hotel stories after... Friends of mine celebrating their anniversary had an incident involving some of their pleasure toys that were left out for the staff to see mm-hmm. in their hotel room. Uh, we got a call later in the show. Didn't play this on the air yesterday, but and it doesn't really even fit exactly with what we were talking about, but it was just such a strange story. I couldn't stop thinking about it all day yesterday, and I want to play it for you guys. Tell me if this is normal. Maybe I'm wrong here, 
But something happens to the dude in in this story that I have never heard of. I was in Alberta. Uh, my brother and I were staying in hotels, but uh, we had a night off, a Sunday. So they usually the Saturday before that Saturday night, everybody uh, hooting hollers and parties and stuff. What were you doing? Were you out there for work? Yes. Okay. And um, so anyways, uh, when I was, um, I, I got up early the next day and I figured, hey, I'm going to go to Edmonton Mall. My brother was hungover, so he stayed there. Um, the place we're staying in was quite the dive. It was it was bad; it had no heat or anything. So, my brother woke up and he was cold. So, anyways, he went to go sit down on the toilet, but he figured he'd keep his hands warm and he'd sit on them. Well, when it was done, he tried to stand up and he couldn't. <laughs> so he was sitting on his hands and he couldn't rock forward enough to stand up. So I guess what? He was stuck on the toilet for about an hour and a half before uh, the cleaning lady come in, and she had to go get the manager to get my to help my brother get off the toilet. Was it because he was so intoxicated, or did his hands and legs fall asleep? What happened? He just sat on his hands, and uh, it wouldn't allow him to stand up, and he couldn't rock forward. To no, <laughs> I've never heard of such a thing. So if you if you sit on the toilet and you put your hands under your legs, yes, you cannot stand up off the toilet. No, he couldn't. So there's the call. Mm-hmm. Now, I've never heard of that either, but I'm picturing this guy as a bigger lad. You know what I mean? So he's got the weight forcing him down. Yeah, and sometimes when, you're, when your belly gets a little bit bigger, you can't, you can't rock forward as much, right? So like, I've tried this over and over for the, like the past 20 hours. I keep putting my hands underneath wherever I'm sitting, underneath my legs. And every time I'm able to either free my hands or stand up freely. Yeah, yeah. Huh. Maybe his hands were wet and the toilet seat was so cold it was like a Christmas story and like the <laughs> tongue stuck to the pole, his hands stuck to the seat. Hands frozen to the legs and the seat. Yeah. And now you're in a real uh, situation. <laughs> Sticky especially situation. If you, especially if you just finished up too. So now you have to sit. Um, <laughs> you got to sit on it. You can't flush it because your hands are stuck. <laughs> what a nightmare. Yeah, it, it doesn't sound fun, but is it even possible, or is that story uh, exaggerated, made up? Because I can't imagine somebody not being able to stand up if they're sitting on their hands on the toilet. Like that's the reason they can't stand up. There's got to be something else going on. I think it's. Uh, I think he's probably just a big boy. That's 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 what my gut's telling me. We're doing a little uh, Taz and Jim crowdsourcing here, trying to get to the bottom of this story. Is it possible? Could this have actually happened, or? Is it BS? Uh, One of our listeners called us, said his brother was staying at a hotel, got on the toilet. It was cold, so he put his hands under his legs on the toilet seat, and he got stuck. After that, he couldn't stand up off of the toilet. When housekeeping came in, he had to get the housekeeping lady to go get the manager, and they had to help him off the toilet. And I, I don't understand how this is possible. So we're asking if you guys have ever heard of something like this. Hey, what's going on? Have you ever found yourself stuck on a toilet? Uh, yeah, sort of. <laughs> you know, the Dusekis guy, you know, I always kind of redo the story where it's like, I don't always spend 25 minutes on the crapper, but when I do, it's on company time. <laughs> so, so what ends up happening is, you know, I think somebody else mentioned it too, that the uh, circulation gets cut off at the leg. You were you were trying to hide at work in the bathroom and your legs fell asleep. Uh, basically, yeah. And thank God for those uh, the um, like the handicap handle the the metal steel bars. The accessibility bars, right? I had to 
that's how I had to stand up because I tried and I almost fell on my face. <laughs> <laughs> Pants around my ankles. Everything. <laughs> that would have been cute. I don't know if that would have worked out so good for uh, workers' comp. But <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Put that on the claim form. Yeah, workers' constipation. Hey, it's Taz and Jim. Hi, Taz. Now, I listen to that story, and um, I sit on my hands all the time uh, because I'm skinny and I have no blood circulation, so I like to keep my hands warm. Yeah. And sometimes my hands, they go to sleep, and what happens is, uh, that can also uh, affect the blood circulation to your legs. So right. Now you've got your legs going to sleep. Well, well, that's what I thought. The only explanation would be his hands or his legs fell asleep and he couldn't stand. Yeah, yeah, that's what happened probably. I, and then I don't know. But you regularly put your hands under your legs while you're on the toilet? Not on the toilet. <laughs> no. Okay. Not on the toilet. Right. <laughs> It's nice to have a heated seat for that, but uh, no. <laughs> well, they're staying at a hotel. The, the room wasn't even heated. I would be shocked if they had a heated toilet seat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay, well, try and stay warm, and thank you for the call. Okay, have a great day. Hey, it's Taz and Jim. Hey, yes, uh, it's because your ass is lower than your knees. The center of gravity thing. Have you ever sat on a soft sofa? where your ass is really sinking in, and then you have to try and get up, and you can't because your ass is lower than your knees. Okay, maybe it was one of the lower toilets. You know, some of them are higher, some of them are lower. Well, he might have long legs. And then he has long legs, the hands are underneath. But the fact that he couldn't get the hands out from the, under the legs is is what surprises me. Yeah, that's strange. (laughs) There's got to be something else going on here. Yeah, there has to be. Any text messages coming in or messages yeah. on Facebook? Here's another one from Karen. She says, uh, the toilet accident happened to our driver when he was 21 years old and only 145 pounds. I said, how long was he stuck on the toilet for? She said, about three hours and he couldn't walk afterwards. Like, if you're stuck on the toilet, can't you just rock to the side and, like, <laughs> lift it? What is going on? Like, are you in a tiny phone booth when it's ha- Can't you fall off the seat to the side? What is going on here, people? We got to talk about this story because you sent it to me. Our producer, Manny, sent it to me. It seems like everyone wants to talk about this missing hiker. Well, the headline, I thought it was an onion story. I honestly did. Missing hiker didn't answer their phone because they thought it was a scammer. (laughs) (laughs) I'm dehydrated. I'm lost, but I do not want a tax scam. Hiker in Colorado went missing. No one could find them. They were... uh, 100 miles southwest of Denver in a place called Mount Elbert. They were reported missing when they didn't show up by nightfall. Search and rescue went looking for them. They even tried calling the person's phone several times. No one answered. (laughs) Turns out, yes, the hiker was lost, but he was fine. The reason they didn't answer the phone, because they didn't recognize the number and assumed it was a scammer. What? Like, so he, I mean, so he had reception... He was wandering around all night overnight, so he uh-huh. was able to receive call. This is so confusing. Uh, he, like, it's just someone telling somebody. me my RBC account has been compromised <laughs> and I need to send my banking information right away. Yeah, yeah. Or, you know, if, if I was wandering and it was four in the morning, I couldn't find my way back. Even if I wasn't scared, I'd be like, maybe I'll drop a pin on my phone, send a screenshot to a buddy, you uh-huh. know, try to call somebody. Yeah, or uh, just tell the guy who wants to know if you need your ducks clean. <laughs> Do you need your ducks clean? No, but could you tell them where I am? Yeah, yeah, I need my ducks clean. My house is right off Spearhead Trail. 
near Mount Elbert. <laughs> found his own way back after 24 hours. Didn't have any idea anyone was looking for them. Search and rescue officials posted this story because they want to make sure that people know if you're out hiking and you get lost, uh, you should answer your phone, even if you don't recognize the number. <laughs> Also, I would expect a couple of friends or family to be calling first before the rescue, right? Right? Like, if you had missed calls from your family and then a bunch of missed calls from a strange number, you might be a little more suspicious. Yeah. Why didn't the person who called the uh, search and rescue try calling the person that was missing first? I don't know. Maybe there was a certain part of the trail that didn't have reception and then they hit a part that did. I don't know. But uh, maybe this guy just loved being away from society for 24 hours. I get it. Those scammers are annoying. (laughs) And you don't want to give them the satisfaction, (laughs) even if it could save your life. Once you pick up the phone, they get your number in the system. They keep calling. I want to see you peacock, Here we go. If you like the baseball, we got the uh, World Series starting tonight, Dev. Houston Astros versus the Braves. You are siding with the Braves firmly on this one. I am siding with the Braves. However, I have a bad feeling, and I think the Astros are going to win. Uh, The Astros are just very good at putting the bat on the ball and putting the ball into play. And if you cannot strike out Houston, it's hard to beat them. And the problem for the uh, Atlanta Braves is their pitchers aren't really geared towards striking out batters. Now, their bullpen is pretty good. But it's a lot to ask your bullpen over the course of potentially seven games to uh, do the heavy lifting here, especially when you have an Astros team that has made its mark in the playoffs for rallying late. So I I want Atlanta to win, but I think Houston is going to win just based on how Houston has been winning and how you have to beat them to win and I just don't think the Braves are built that way. The Astros are the betting favorite, so it would take a $145 bet to win 100 bucks if Houston wins. But with the Braves, if you bet 100 bucks, you'd win 120 So if you want to take, make a little gamble, go for the Braves. The Braves have been uh, the big upsets uh, this year. I mean, they got rid of the uh, Milwaukee Brewers. Milwaukee's got some great pitching. They were able to defeat that. The LA Dodgers won over 100 games this year. They were able to get past them, so it's not as though... Uh, They haven't slayed some big dragons this year. It's just, I think, the Houston Astros and the particular challenges they present to the Atlanta Braves might not meet what Atlanta is built to do. It's crazy that with as many games as they play in Major League Baseball in a season, the Astros and Braves didn't meet once this year. They they haven't played since a four-game series back in 2017. Well, this is one of the uh, things that always kind of bugs me about uh, the majors is just how many games you play within your division. And when you play, you know, about 19 games against the other four teams each in your division, it doesn't leave a whole lot of time to play all the other members of the other league. So it doesn't really surprise me that the Braves and Astros haven't played for a while. How important is winning game one in this series? It's crucially important. For the Braves, I think it it keeps that confidence going for them. To get down against the Astros uh, is a a tall order to overcome. The World Series kicks off tonight. Thanks, Dev. (laughs) This is a fun story. So there's a magazine called Mel Magazine. They just did a profile on a guy in California because he had found a loophole in an amusement park's annual membership. 
and he used that to get free meals every day for years. The guy's name is Dylan. Hmm. Back in 2014, he landed um, an internship in Santa Clarita, California, right near Six Flags Magic Mountain. Okay, so there's an amusement park right near his work. He looked into it, and you could get, uh, for 150 bucks. You could get a uh, annual pass to the park, so you could go to the park every single day for 150 bucks. That alone is a good deal, but you also get two free meals every day you're at the park. Wait a second! So he just started at on his lunch break from work. It was five minutes away. He'd drive over to Six Flags. He'd have himself some lunch, and then after work, he'd stop there and he'd have dinner. He says he didn't buy groceries for three years. He's now 800 pounds, but he saved $4,000. Well, that was it. Uh, Burger and fries, pizza and breadsticks, (laughs) or a sandwich that he said wasn't any good. That was the original uh, menu when he started this thing out. And he kept going for seven years, actually. I thought it was three, seven years. Um, But he said that over time, they got better options, like... um, they had some vegan stuff. They had some healthier stuff. They had uh, seasonal items like a t- Thanksgiving turkey dog with cranberry sauce and stuffing. That sounds He good. had Thanksgiving dinner at Six Flags? <laughs> Price was right. He said they started doing a pretty good steak sandwich. That sounds good. <laughs> yeah, that does actually. So in his first year, he said he never bought groceries. That is crazy, man. He spent 150 bucks and he ate for the entire year. This is California, remember, so it's not like wintertime that the park shuts mm-hmm, down. Mm-hmm. Uh, he managed to pay down his student loans because of this. He got married and bought a house. <laughs> you know what? Guy's a hero, eh? Well, he is, except he just did a magazine article. I'm sure if anyone else had figured out this loophole, they're like, shut up, Dylan. <laughs> Dylan, you're yeah. going to ruin it for the rest of us. Yeah, they're going to narrow it down to 20 vouchers a year or something like that now. The right to disconnect, Jim, what do you know about this? It was proposed on Monday. It's introduced in the Working for Workers Act by the Ontario Labour Minister. And basically the rule is that they're proposing would require employers with 25 employees or more to develop policies that would give workers the right to disconnect from their computer and smartphones and whatever other devices outside of work hours. So you don't have to answer emails if they come in after your your work hours. You don't have to answer the phone if you see it's your boss calling after work hours. Or like, you know, even worse, on the weekend or (sighs) if you're on vacation or something like that. Um, So, yeah, they're pushing for that. Uh, Will it go through? I don't know. I I get it. I get why people would be upset that would happen. But at the same time, there are some jobs where you need to be on call twenty four seven. Yeah, if right? you have, yeah, if you have a if you have like clients, uh-huh. you know, you're maybe a lawyer or something, or a salesperson. Like yeah. a lot of the time, real you gotta estate? be. Yeah, real estate, of course. Yeah, this kind of reminds me of like that four day work week proposal. It like it works on for a paper. very yeah, it yeah. Sounds like, oh, that'd be awesome. Yeah, but it's like for a very select group of white collar workers that it only affects, right? Uh huh. Yeah, even if you're if you're on a job site and there's a job that needs to get done or if there's something that goes wrong yeah. and you need to get back there cuz a pipe's burst or something, you can't have the uh the the phone disconnected. Yeah. Now I mean if you're getting paid overtime for these things and this is 
null and void doesn't matter like as long as you're being recuperated for it but simply being expected to work or answer your emails or even check your emails outside of work hours if you're not being compensated for it and you're a salaried employee that's kind of what they're trying to nip in the bud hmm how will this affect us being able to call our bosses outside of work hours (laughs) (laughs) boss brad would love this right to disconnect if it went both ways because we're always calling him in the middle of the day or yeah yeah late at night hey brad what do you think of this hey can we do this hey hey can you get this together for us for tomorrow morning yeah what's going on brad brad help us brad yeah what you're having dinner we don't care brad and and i wonder how many because like right now you could probably already stand up to your employee into your employer legally and say, I'm not answering my stuff outside of work hours. But if they make a new law, are you, are people still going to be intimidated to speak up? Like, even if there is something, I'm pretty sure there's probably something on the books right now. It becomes a politics thing. And if you're not going to answer your phone, is there another employee that's like, yeah, just call me. Don't worry about it. I'll get it done. And then they become the favorite. Yeah. And so in theory, sounds like a great thing, but is it practical? The right to disconnect. What are we going to know about this? Um, I don't know. I guess I don't know. Yeah, well, we they're, know they're, they're throwing it. They're not going to be working on it outside of uh, nine to five hours, so it could take a while. This is again. <laughs> it's another uh, proposal put together that would mostly affect politicians. <laughs> right. Right. Like they don't be working on weekends, answering their constituents on a Friday night for their four day work week. <laughs> <laughs> Had a, an experience yesterday. It, <laughs> I felt so nauseous after this, I had to go to bed immediately. Hmm. Okay. Went out in the backyard, and I was, I was with a buddy of mine, Dean, who had stopped by, and Dean's like, hey, I said, want to have a beer? Let's go out back. We have a little covered area, so we'd be fine. In the covered area, there was a little furry uh, poof sticking out from around the corner. I'm like, what is that? Get a little bit closer. It was a bunny rabbit with no head. Odd. And uh, I won't go into the details, but obviously another animal had gotten this thing. Hmm. And I had to go get the shovel. And Dean had to hold the garbage bag. Thank you. You know, you you always wonder which of your friends would help you dispose of a body. (laughs) Dean, you're the man. He didn't want to do it, but he held the garbage bag yep. open for me. And now his fingerprints are all over the scene of the crime. Exactly. Yep, perfect. So I had to scoop this thing up, but it was so gross. In that moment, I realized I could never be a murderer. <laughs> yeah, well, like um, a very careful murderer. Or a hunter. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just wondering what would take a rabbit's head and leave the body. It's kind of bizarre. Like, I wonder if a bird dropped it or something accidentally. Well, as I had a couple friends, when I told them the story, they said it's got to be a hawk or something grabbed that thing and swooped it up. And then there have been some coyote sightings across Ontario recently. So I don't know. Was it a coyote? If it's a coyote, I'm a little worried because in my backyard, my little daughter, she's two. She's running around back there all the time. Yeah. You never know, but rarely do coyotes get that deep into town. Like, you're not even near the outskirts of the forest. You're kind of in the center of the city, so maybe. Uh But I I would put my money on a bird. Have you ever, like, you were starting to get into bow hunting. Have you ever had to deal with the after effects of... Of hunting? No, I'm I'm not good at it. I I, I couldn't do it. 
Why not? I, I felt physically ill. I had to go to bed after seeing what I hmm. saw. There is no, like, I'm on the cusp now about possibly becoming a vegetarian. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, I spent a bit of time on farms growing up, and you would see dead animals a lot, or even, like, when you're a kid and you see a cow give birth and, like, them wrap a chain around a calf's foot and pull it out of a cow. You're like, what in the world? So, like, after you see kind of stuff like that, you know, I, yeah, I guess I kind of got used to it. And like, and like seeing fish getting cleaned and stuff is not as gross as, you know, cleaning a deer, but Mm -hmm. you kind of get used to it after a while. Just got a text message. Oh, it's Dean. It's my buddy Dean who held the garbage bag for me yesterday. (laughs) He says uh, it was probably just a cat, Taz. That's possible. Cat versus bunny. We do have a neighborhood cat, Walter, who will show up in my backyard from time to time. So Walter may have thought he was defending his territory. <laughs> Dude, this cat can rip a bunny's head off. This thing is unstoppable. <laughs> Rabbit's foot, keep it for good luck, though. Anyways, Dean, uh, now, especially now that I know you're listening, thank you for helping me out yesterday <laughs> with that. And if you have any insight, if you're a wildlife person and you think I should be concerned about this, let me know. And we're trying to solve the mystery of the headless bunny. <laughs> Really does sound like a children's Halloween book. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe like a preteen. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> the young kids. This is more Fear Street bunny. than Goosebumps. <laughs> I uh, went out on my back deck yesterday with a buddy of mine and uh, saw something that I cannot get out of my mind. It, it, an animal had gotten a hold of a bunny and it had no head. Well, we thought it was an animal. Here's a suggestion, text message. Taz, you aren't having an affair, are you? Have you seen Fatal Attraction? Yes, I have. The old bunny boiling scene. I have not seen that movie. What is that? So somebody catches somebody cheating and then that's a threat or what? Uh, the, the crazy mistress, after Michael Douglas tries to break it off, his mistress, Glenn Close, I want to say, uh, breaks into his house. He finds his kid's pet bunny boiling in a pot on the stove. Oh, no. Yeah, he he has some regrets, I think, about the choices he made in terms of infidelity <laughs> by the end of the film. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, I, I did think that. I'm like, well, did I say something to Jim Kelly at work today? Like, would somebody throw this to send a message? Is this a Godfather situation? My name <laughs> crossed your mind? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> everyone's a suspect, Jim. <laughs> It's always the one you least expect. Okay, we got a, a call here. Go ahead. You're on the air. What's up? Boys, how's she going? Good. What's up? Just calling in about that rabbit. And, and I'm going to trust what you say. Do you know why? I don't know why, buddy. Because you an- when I answered the phone, you said, how's she going? And I know people <laughs> who say, how's she going, usually know a little bit about the outdoors. What do you got? Well, I had a guy come parge my foundation. Uh huh. While he's purging my foundation, my neighbor's cat dropped a dead bunny on his legs, and it had no head. So I believe you might have a cat. That's a popular opinion. It looks like on on the text line here, a lot of people saying my cat does the same thing. I've seen many headless bunnies. Hmm. Yeah, I'm just surprised a cat could catch a bunny but i guess it must be happening here's a text message my cat weighs in at 27 pounds wears a medium dog harness and is named chuck after the Iceman. 
I should put up a sign in my yard to warn the bunnies to stay away. So they're not finding an already dead bunny. They are hunting and killing these bunnies. Cats are crazy. Cats are nuts. We forget how kind of devious they Conniving, are. Conniving. Right? Yeah. Sneaky. Justine says, I had a bunny massacre this summer. I Googled what would eat just the head. Cat for sure. Whoa. Sending a message. suspect list has been narrowed. <laughs> I'm looking at you, Walter. The neighbor's cat who keeps coming in my backyard. We love this cat, but, mm. you know, if you're going to be doing this kind of stuff, you got to drag the carcasses into someone else's yard there, buddy. <laughs> I want to see you peacock, It's time for sports. Devin Peacock is with us, and we were getting some messages, Dev, wondering why you didn't bring up the Toronto Maple Leafs on the show yet this week. Uh, They they had a bit of a rough weekend. Pittsburgh Penguins fans seemed to really enjoy the game against the Leafs on the weekend, didn't they? Well, they should uh, because they kicked the Leafs' teeth in. Like, well, I mean, what do you... Why, why do I want to talk about the Leafs right now? They're playing terribly. They lost again last night. What do you want me to say? You know, like, you, you talk about the Leafs fans. Like, like <laughs> screw you guys. Huh? This is the problem when you're a sports guy and you're a fan of a team. Mm-hmm. You got to yeah. talk about it, Dev. What went wrong against, like, six or seven of the Penguins' top players? What was it, five? I heard it was 14. It's getting a little exaggerated. This, but 14 of the top guys on the Penguins weren't even playing. They beat the Leafs 7-1. You know what I want to talk about? I want to talk about all the holes they punched in the wall. That's what I want to talk about. I mean, yeah, I mean, it was, it was a terrible weekend for the Leafs. Uh, they've been playing terribly. They were uh, called out by uh, their own team with uh, some guys saying their effort needs to be better. And it's the most cliched thing to say, but they need to play better. They've been making sloppy passes. They're a team that's built to score. That's not scoring. They have to play better. There's no uh, change that's happening. There's no big trade. There's no coaching change happening. This team was kept together under the belief that collectively they would be better. The best players would be better, and that has not happened yet. So it's on them. I hate one of my biggest pet peeves. It was always the case for the Raptors. Before they made their big trade, where they acquired Kawhi Leonard was, the players always say, oh, we need to be better. We need to do this. Well, stop saying it after the game. Say it before the game. And now it's time for the Leafs to say it before the game. Stop talking about how you need to be better and just be better. Have the kind of urgency that the Hurricanes had last night. The Leafs' effort was better last night than it was on Saturday, but that's saying nothing because there was almost no effort on Saturday. Who's going to wear this one if they don't get better? Who's going down for this? Well, it's hard because uh, uh, Tavares has a no-move. Uh, you're not trading Austin Matthews. Mitch Marner, I think, is a hard guy to give up unless you're getting some you know, incredible trade back. Nylander has a great contract for the type of player he is, so the person who's going to wear it is Sheldon Keith. Not Dubas. Dubas, uh, I mean, in season it'll be Keith. End of season, depending on how it goes, it would probably be Dubas because this Cannot continue. This is too long of a trend. Uh, Dubas and the Leafs love analytics. The analytics on what he has produced are terrible. Speaking of wearing it, did you see Mitch Marner wear a puck to the tooth and <laughs> look like a little rascal out there now? His tooth is chipped. Hopefully it knocked some sense into him or the team. <laughs>
<laughs> I think it, I think it was an already chipped tooth, but boy, it looks funny. <laughs> Big gulps, huh? Well, <laughs> see you later. <laughs> little Jim Carrey vibe yeah, for old Mitchie. Well, hopefully the Leafs heard this uh, little pep talk from not just our sports guy, but a true Leafs fan. Thanks, Deb. Thank you very much for checking out the Taz and Jim podcast. If you want to listen to us the old-fashioned way, live on the radio, you can do that on FM 96 in London or Y108 in Hamilton weekday mornings from 5.30 until 9.30. Or subscribe, keep downloading the podcasts, and we'll keep talking. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.